everybody, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. My name is Steve, and welcome to episode 160 of the Nintendo Fuse podcast entitled Starlink Soars on Switch. And today I am joined by our normal podcast crew. Hey, Greg, how's it going? Yahoo! I'm doing good. How, how's everybody doing? Good, good. Nice, uh, nice dressed all for Halloween, we see. Yeah. Yearly <laughs> annual Halloween costume on. Cool. And uh, we also have Barry. Barry, you're not, not dressed for Halloween, I, I don't think. Are you? It's like <laughs> uh, a hidden costume know, there. I, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel, okay? <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, so thanks for everybody joining us uh, live. And after the fact, if you are joining us live, be sure to uh, throw some comments, throw some uh you know, whatever's on your mind, if you, as you uh, watch and, and listen uh, live, uh, throw some some of your own ideas of what we're chatting about uh, into the chat room there on YouTube. But if you're listening after the fact, that's cool too. You can always uh, communicate with us on some or uh, on your favorite uh, podcast app. That'd be great. You can also um, make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. Make sure you hit that bell so you can also be alerted every time we post a new video, not just our podcast, but uh, all the different videos we post from, from week to week. Um, and uh, you'd be alerted every time we post, go live and all that stuff. Um, but also make sure you subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast app as well and uh, and share it out with other Nintendo fans that you know. So, um before uh, we jump into anything else, let's let's talk about our, our normal you know way we we start this out uh, by talking about uh, what we've been playing lately. So, uh, Greg, what have you been playing lately? Um, actually, since I've been on vacation, I haven't really played a whole lot in the last two weeks. So, um, it's mostly just been Fire Emblem Heroes, and then, um, so very surprisingly, today. Dug this little thing out of the closet and uh, actually booted up Super Mario Maker. What so. is that relic from the past? <laughs> it's the Switch negative uh, 2.0. <laughs> nice. Nice. Barry, what's, uh, what's been on your Switch or maybe your Wii U lately? <laughs> I haven't, uh, haven't booted up the Wii U. Uh, and I haven't played as much as I would have liked to, thanks to uh, Real World. Um, but I have played a little bit of Starlink. Uh, I have played a little more Super Mario Party. And uh, the rest of the time that I've had to play has either been to Final Fantasy XIV or still Dragalia's Lost. I'm still playing that. That has hooked me way more than I thought it would. And I'm so tempted at this point to just spend a little money because <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much to do. Wow, wow. A uh, a free to play game finally almost getting you. Huh? <laughs> well, I spent in, in Pokemon Go before too. Oh, okay, nice. You didn't buy anything into Fire Emblem Heroes. What gives? Well, see, here's the thing: Fire Emblem Heroes is very generous with their gotcha system. They give you orbs every day, and Dragalia Lost also gives you items to summon, but they take more to summon. So when there's timed events. You just, you know, you want to be able to summon. In Fire Emblem Heroes, I never had a worry. I always had, like, 350 orbs, and I was able to, ooh, new event, summon until I get it all, move on, next event. I've already saved up. Dragalia Lost is just so much else going on. Like, it's such a bigger game than Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, it's it's amazing just how much more content there is in early Dragalia Lost compared to early Fire Emblem Heroes. Now there's probably more Fire Emblem Heroes content than I could shake a stick at, but 
comparing it, you know, launch to launch. It's different. Nice. Nice. Greg, have you downloaded it yet? Hassan was with us last time and uh, and he, he said he had just downloaded it. I haven't even downloaded it yet. I, I was planning on it and uh, it hasn't even happened. Um, have you have you yet? I downloaded it, but I didn't ever fired it up. Like it, I, since I pre-registered for it, it automatically downloaded. Um, I just haven't even booted it up yet. I had meant to do that, but just. Yeah, you really should. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I'm eventually going to try it, but yeah, like I said, real life kind of keeps getting in the way, and I find myself playing other things. Um, recently, I have been playing a lot. Uh, I put the the new Jackbox uh, game, uh, Jackbox Collection Five, and um, yeah, I've talked about the, those games a lot. Um, had some friends over the other night. Uh, it was great. Um, enjoyed a lot of those games. There's there's one that's kind of weird. It's, it involves you like flicking um this little ball to attack and so it's more of an action game like the rest of the games are more like trivia and party game kind of things uh, but there's one that involves you yeah like i said like flicking um this ball to attack and it's it's all right it's i mean it would have been a lot better i think with an actual controller um than trying to do it on your touch screen on your phone because it's just it just i don't know it's just not the same as uh, as if you actually had a, a real controller but uh but the rest of the games are, are really fun um, it's, it's been a blast. Um, Mike's in the chat and he said, uh, he's been playing dark souls of the dark, uh, dark souls of dark. And, um, yeah, he said, uh, you guys are talking about, uh, the amiibo and everything. And, uh, unfortunately the, uh, stores in uh, Canada are falling behind. They don't have the amiibo yet. So that's unfortunate. So, um, I've also, the other game that I've been playing a lot of is the game we're going to start to dive into in just a second, and that's Starlink Battle for Atlas. Um, I know Barry and I have been playing it. Um, unfortunately, Greg, what's going on, man? I haven't picked up Starlink yet. Like, you're missing out, man. Like, look, look at this. Oh my goodness, that's an R-Wing. It's an R-Wing in my hand. <laughs> I never was like super huge into Star Fox, so that's like, I mean, I did, I do like Star Fox, but I wouldn't call myself like a huge fan of it or a hardcore fan. I've never played the GameCube ones, and I barely even played the original. I mean, sixty four was the one I really dove deep into. So, uh, well, you know how Barry was... likes to give out assignments for Xenoblade. <laughs> Speaking of which, how come you're not playing Torna? Where are you? What's going I, on? I'm playing. Starlink instead. It's, it's it's a little more um yeah. It's uh, like uh, <laughs> you still haven't played a uh, Fire Emblem, let alone Fire Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> yeah. Uh Xenoblade's definitely gonna happen almost <laughs> always before Fire Emblem. I'm sorry about that. Um that's that's just more my thing for sure. Um but uh, before we before we jump into Starlink chat, because we're gonna um, we're gonna have a little uh, a little mini game chat um, here about Starlink in just a bit. But uh, before that, any other games that have come out recently that you guys haven't picked up yet that you kind of like um, just just wasn't on your radar, or maybe just uh, like you said, real life got got in the way and uh, prevented you guys from from picking up anything. Greg, how about you? Probably just Super Mario Party. I think right now it's more of a financial thing, and Christmas is going to be coming up shortly. So I'll see what I can do if I can get it sooner or later. Yeah, Barry, how about you? Uh, I've picked up everything. It's just I haven't really sat down to play a lot, and and unfortunately, there's just so much coming out, and I'm dreading like October 30th. There's like five or six physical titles coming out, 
on the Switch. I'm like, oh my god, like we're in crunch season. There's just too much at this point. And some of the titles are just, you know, they're, they're ones I want to give a shot to, and others are like goosebumps. And I'm like, I don't want really want. But like Cat Quest came out, and I, I've heard good things about that. Uh, I like to give that a shot. It's just uh, life. Life does not want me to play these games. It's not even other games absorbing me and taking my attention. It's it's really life at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Did you pick up Paw Patrol there, Barry? I saw that released out the other day. Did it, did it come out physically? Because I haven't heard about yeah. it. I thought it was out for physically. I, I did not pick it out to check. If it's physical, then I'm unfortunately stuck buying it. But I've not seen it anywhere. My daughter <laughs> absolutely loves the show, so that's how I know how it came out. It might be digital only. If it's digital only, I'm safe. <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, you're safe from all those, um, what is it, the hot gimmick cosplay Zhang, um and the uh, animated jigsaw Japanese women. Um, all yeah, those are only digital, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, games that I have that I I think I, I eventually I'm going to be picking up, but I haven't played yet. Um, the world ends with you. Um, haven't haven't got that oh, one yes. yet. I, I have started that. I started okay. that. I'm in like the opening segment, and then life happened, and next thing I know, Starlink is in front of me. So I'm like, hop right. out. <laughs> nice. Um, other one game was uh, NBA 2K um, Playgrounds uh, Two. Um, NBA like 2K got that franchise now, and so I'm hoping it's better than the other one. Um, but I haven't I haven't played I've, it yet. I've heard it's worse, oh. and that the first one's actually taken off the store, which is wow. Weird. Well, all right then, that's unfortunate. <laughs> just they just need to go back to NBA Jam again because that was great when they came out again for Wii. They just need to re-release it again, beat the rosters. I'd be happy with that again because the new version of NBA Jam was great. All right. Well, other than uh, that, if we don't want to talk about Big Buck Hunter Arcade, um, we can we can jump into a little chat about uh, Starlink. Um, Barry, how how much have you got into the game so far? I'd love to sell you. I finished it. I'd love to tell you that I'm like so far ahead, but I'm honestly not. Um, I am still early uh, from where I played. I got. I was in the, the the quest to where you got like all the mission logs and it like introduces all the characters, and like one of them I couldn't even get to. Like you have to use like this power generator to open up one door, but you need another power generator, and I have no idea what that other power generator is. Mm-hmm. So after flying the, around that area for a while, like do I really have to go like off someplace else and find another power generator and come back to watch this little video? And you're shaking your head, and I think that's what I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just like I got frustrated, but uh. But um, my uh, my father, which is one of the reasons like I did get with all the toys, he started playing around with it. And next thing you know, he's flying on my my profile. He's off on other planets I've never been to. You know, go. I I, I missed half of it. I'm just like let him play. Uh, he just got out of the hospital, so I'm like just play, have fun, you know, enjoy. Uh, so when I watched him, he was like acting like you know a kid again. And to me, that's that's better than experiencing it myself. Uh, so for that, I'm eternally grateful. It's just awesome that it has that effect on people. Yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think there's there are some things that uh, you know it's different from a regular Star Fox game. Um, I think the the controls in itself are something to get used to. It's not um, they're, they're not weird. They're not like I, I don't know. I like the controls, but it takes just to get a little bit to get used to because it's different because you're in 
you know, think about like, I guess you're in all range mode all the time. Um, so you're able to, to really um, fully control your ship and everything. You're not on this um, trajectory that you have to stay on. And so um, you end up using both sticks and, uh, and everything. So there was just a little bit to get used to like 10 minutes, 15 minutes in. And I finally kind of got the hang of it and, uh, and it's been fun to play. And I haven't, I haven't played um, with the actual uh, oh, really? ships yet. Cause I got it digital first. And so um, I opened them up and everything and played around with them, but I haven't actually played in the game. I've only played the digital stuff. Um, so I've only like swapped out everything digitally. Um, so I know it'd be quicker to like grab one of the things, but also like you have all of them, pretty almost all of them. Um, I, I only have a select number of them. So I have more available digitally than I do physical. Well, so, uh, yeah. That kind of hampers it. But once yeah. you put the toys in, it actually uh, gives you a digital copy. Right. Of it. So when you right. boot up so the I game, have all the now it says digitally or not. And I've been using the toys and it's it's instant. It is absolutely instant. And a lot of people think like, oh, it's motion. It's not. And it, it doesn't get in the way. I'm able to play. No problem with the toys. Um, I don't find myself really like switching ships often. I mainly stay with like one ship, one pilot. But the weapons, I ship, you know, switching off like, here's a new enemy. It's weak to like flame. I'm like, okay, done. Yeah. And like, takes no time at all like yeah. it's it's a lot of fun and just yeah. even playing around messing around with the with the toys uh has been fun like we've just messed around with all the different ships and then we put them on to like look at them in the game and like see how they fly uh it's it's really interesting how they work yeah it's so does, it cool. like, does it attach like to the switch console then no like, no it's see, on the controller yeah, yeah um, so this is uh it's basically a um a, a joy-con uh, grip. So you have the the Joy-Con grip, and then it attaches. It has this other attachment that goes there. So you you actually pop on your um, your pilot goes in the front there. He slides in there, and then the the ship goes right over the top. And uh, and then you can also add additional weapons and stuff like that on top of the wings, or re actually replace wings and stuff like that too. Okay. Yeah, so that becomes your controller. You're playing with the Joy-Cons with that. And it's not heavy. Like, you think, like, oh, that's so bulky. It's really not heavy. It really um, is, yeah. Very comfortable. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be. I was just kind of curious because it doesn't really look like controllers are, like, connected to that anyway. So I was like, how does that really <laughs> connect? And it works. It, it works amazingly. Well, when it, when it first plugs it in, um, that unit actually has an update. Like it's like oh this this stock actually needs an update, so they are, I guess they're constantly going to be updating it to add new features. But it it's flawless. It's kind of like that first time you walk over to the switch when you plugged it in and you picked it out of the dock and you watch the game just transfer instantly and you put it back. That kind of wow is what you get with the weapons when you put the weapons on. You watch it happen in real time in the in the game just seamlessly. And you can choose to have it happen instantly or like when you take off a weapon, you could have it automatically pause the game and then you can change your loadout in the pause menu. So either or. So like for spectacle, I have it set just to be real world, uh, just to like, hey, check this out. It's kind of fun. But like in a heavy combat situation, you switch it. You know, at least I would switch it to uh, pause.
Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine like if I, if I had all the weapons and everything um, physical, it'd be even better, especially if I learn exactly what they are, because there's a lot of them. Um, if I learn exactly what they are, it'd be a lot easier just to grab it, swap, swap it on there and be able to get right in there and the end of the action again. Um, but right now it's like I said, I'm only playing digital. And so I have to go into the pause menu and and switch it out, which is not, it's not too long, but I imagine it'd be a whole lot quicker if I just pop it on, pop it off, ready to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, it is, uh, in terms of news, 82% of the sales apparently for Starlink, uh, Battle for Atlas were sold on the Nintendo Switch. To be so, fair, that's, that's only for, uh, the, uh, England. That's not, or uh, the, Europe. that was only for England. That's okay. Only for Europe. So do we have North American sales yet? No. Okay. So, so far, I mean, I think normally, okay. So, so for Europe only, but, but still like that's, that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, like to, to see that many people, I mean, this is on a new system and everything, you know, fair enough though. Like it, I mean, it kind of makes the most sense with like a Nintendo kind of console. Um, I think, you know, we have the Amiibo, we have all these other toys to life stuff that have typically done a little better on a Nintendo system. Um, but uh, 82%, that's that's really, really high. Um, do you guys think that like we'll see similar numbers in North America, or what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I uh, went to my GameStops, and I, I'm friends with all the managers, and I've asked every one of them, I said, how is Starlink doing? And they've all pretty much told me the same thing. Like, they really aren't selling out they're not selling a lot of copies. Uh, most of the copies that have sold were pre-orders, and it seems so lopsided in the Switch's favor. Like, that seems to be what people are picking up. When I went to Best Buy on launch, um, they didn't even have Starlink set up in the Xbox One or the PS4 area, but they did have it set up in the Switch area um, with all the toys. So I really think... Or it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if like if Starlink gets a sequel in Starlink Two, it's a Switch exclusive at this point, and they do some kind of cro like more crossover with Star Fox and and these characters now become I guess these characters are canon in the Star Fox universe at this point. Atlas is another system like the Lilat system, and uh, who knows what that's gonna be between Ubisoft and Nintendo now. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, I think, yeah, to know where this is going to go. And and honestly, like, I feel like most people out there, if you do have multiple systems, the Switch is the one to get because of the, the connection with Star, Star Fox. I mean, like, none of the other, you know, systems are going to have that connection. And so if you do have both, yeah, I mean, it may not look as pretty as it does on, on an Xbox or a PlayStation 4, but, but man, it still looks great. It and, looks amazing. Yeah, and it and it plays great. Um, Alex Esmeray in the the uh, comments was or the chat was saying that's on top of his list to get. He was asking about the campaign. Um, I think the campaign's great so far. I I think there there is a little bit of that. Hey, you got to go do this and like uh, a quid pro quo sort of thing. Um, <laughs> there is like, yeah, this is your next thing. Go go accomplish this, and then I'll give you what you need so you can move on. And then you get there, and it's like, okay, go find this and this and this, and bring it back to me. And so you have like mission after mission sort of thing that's kind of in the way how it goes. So if those kind of things frustrate you, it could be kind of. Eh, at times but the cool thing is like that you do have the ability to explore 
and you can go off like your dad did, right? And, and just keep, yeah. go explore. And and so it's kind of like, I think in my first impressions, I, I said it's, it's kind of a mis mix between No Man's Sky and Star Fox, like <laughs> the best of both worlds <laughs> in a way. Um, what do you think, Barry? Is it is, is, yeah. is that accurate? I agree, I agree completely. Um, the fact that I was on one, one uh, planet and that's where the story had me and it was like oh let's go back up and go to your ship your ship's like in the atmosphere and i was like okay i could do that but i wanted to do some you know side quests and uh he just said screw it and these planets have question marks next to them let's go see what they are uh so i have no idea what is over there or what he's seen that i haven't seen yet but that's fine. I think that's I think that's the beauty of it. It's it's like a sandbox space game, like No Man's Sky. You don't need to worry about resources or fuel uh, running out, mm -hmm. um, which is great. You don't yeah. need to worry about weapon ammo, which is great. Um, it's more arcadey in that sense. But there's a lot of things like it's not just even empty space. There's like wreckages you could you could find, and there's you know uh, pirates out in space that are you know attacking sometimes you find like two different factions actually just attacking each other and you just kind of come in as a third party um it's really more interesting than i thought uh, i was always excited about this game when it was first shown off more so after e3 but i think a lot of people were are taken aback they, they just didn't expect it to be this good yeah and there's so much game there. I think I was I was shocked in the beginning when I started learning more about the game to realize how much is there. Because it's you, you think, especially when, it, when you hear like Toys to Life sort of game, you're like, all oh, right, it's it's not going to have that much there. It's probably going to just be like this this simple plot line, and you bring your toys in the game, cool. But there's the, I think compared to to other games like that, um, it really is. I feel like there's this huge solid game. And you get the addition of the Toys to Life thing. It's not like, and I think that's the cool thing is that you can play it completely without the the toys. You can take it on the go, and you can play it completely digitally, and and that's really cool too. Because I don't imagine like if I'm going, I'm actually uh, uh, flying uh, out to St. Louis um, in November, and I can take my Switch with me and play Starlink without carrying this entire thing on the on the the flight with me and uh while this would be cool i i still might look kind of out of place um but and and i don't know how that's gonna all fit in my carry-on um but i can play the entire game right here on my switch and that's that's a really cool thing yeah the uh they're taking a page from skylanders on the switch the uh, imaginators um uh, where where you put the toys and it scans it in, and you can then play it digitally uh, without worrying about the toys. And I think that's smart, uh, especially considering when you purchase the toys, you now have them, and you can also lend it. Like if you brought your Switch over, I could say, "Hey, let me just equip all these, you know, weapons for you, in, you know, instantly," and you would gain unlocks to everything. Um, and I think that's cool. But another factor is just the toys themselves. Like, I'll be honest, we've almost spent as much time just playing with the toys as we have playing with the game and the toys in the game. The toys are just really cool. And, uh, you know, we've, we've spent, God, I think we must have been a good two, three hours before we even started the game because of that update. So we're like, oh, let's just sit and play with the toys and do all that. And <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just a lot of fun. It's it is. definitely worth it.
Yeah. And if you haven't checked out uh, Barry's um, unboxing of all the toys that are currently available in North America, um, make sure you do check out um, that unboxing on here on our YouTube channel as well. Um, after you get in watching this, just head right over there and uh, and watch that unboxing. There's a lot there for sure. Greg, any, any questions that you have from like someone that hasn't played it, not really into it, uh, any, anything that you'd like to know from us? So are pretty much most of the missions like still like in the all range type mode that you had mentioned briefly? I don't know if like I had cut out like partially when you were explaining that or is or is it pretty much kind of like a traditional Star Fox game where it's like on rails and you're no. just kind of like there's no yeah. rails at all. What yeah. happens is when you're on the ground, it kind of grounds you. So like you're hovering right above the ground. So it becomes almost like a third person shooter where you can strafe around enemies and spin around and and jump. You can jump over obstacles. Um, but what a lot of reviewers didn't talk about is the fact that you can actually turn on your engines and you can still fly around the planets. So it's not like, oh, I'm on a planet. Now I'm stuck in the ground. You're not. You actually can fly around the planet. Uh, it's just when you get closer to the ground, gravity takes over and you go right to the ground. Yeah. Um, and I think that's cool um, because it allows for more engaging combat. Uh, dog fighting is great, but it can be more difficult. Dog fighting is there in space, uh, big time, uh, and it's it's real. You know, you can you flip around. Uh, th there's no quick buttons to do a U-turn or or a loop to loop yeah. like in Star Fox 64. Um, but, what about but barrel remember, roll? <laughs> well, you can do it. You can do a barrel roll or a alien roll, uh, which is what it really is. But uh, you. Uh, you don't want the on rails. Like I, I hate to say that because I'm a big Star Fox fan, but this game was not built for rails. And I think if there was rail segments, they would feel tacked on like Star Fox Adventures, and people would be like, "This is this is not good. Yeah. This is better as a free roaming game." Yeah, yeah. The only thing in the very very beginning, you're. I mean, this is this is no spoilers because it happens in the very beginning of the game. You kind of get you get um, stuck. And you have to get yeah. some fuel to be able to fly again. So in the very beginning, you can't you can't do more than just kind of like hover a little higher. But eventually, like really, really early on, you get the ability to fly around, and and it makes it great because you can you can travel the the planets a lot faster. You can go in and out of planets whenever you want. You can stick to the missions straight on and and do one after another. And it's not it's not a menu sort of or a or a map sort of system. You're flying from planet to planet and going to mission for mission. Um, but but there are markers to help you. There are markers, yeah, um, but you can also just completely derail and go do your own thing for a while, like like Barry's dad was doing, and uh, just go out and explore for a while, and eventually come back to the main game if you want. And there's several different side quests along the way as well, and there's plenty of stuff that, to keep you engaged for sure. You can also have several quests flagged at a time, so it's not like oh here's a side quest. Well, I don't know, um, maybe I'll come back to it. So you choose with the, I think the the D pad or the left where the D pad would be. Uh, you can choose which one you want active. So say you're doing a mission, a main mission, and it's getting a little more difficult, and you're like, oh, you know, I don't really want to go over this planet, but I did pick up a side quest already on the planet that I'm on. Let me do that while I'm here. You just push left or right, and it switches, and you watch your marker just switch. And it's like, all right, let me go over to this destination now. Okay, so it's almost like a Skyrim Breath of the Wild type game, but yes. with like spacecrafts and stuff. So Yeah, yeah. If you like Breath of the Wild, you like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Alex in the in the chat was also asking um, if there are any differences between the the ships other than cosmetic uh, differences, uh, strategic like the weapons. There there is some strategy. There's the different ships have different um, 
Oh, what are they called? I mean, like they're they're well, there's different classifications. Classifications. That's there, what. I'm there's like a attacker ship, a tank ship, uh, you know, like a, a maneuverable ship. I forget what the official terms are. They're they're in the unboxing. Um, they're they're written on the package, but each one has different weights. Uh, and there's other stats. Like when you pause the game, you'll see stats on the bottom right. Uh, and yeah, if you look in the back, you'll say. The very, very top line will say what kind of ship that is uh, that you have in your hand. Okay. So this one, the very top line, where, where is it? The description for the ship. There's a description for the person, description for the, oh, the there weapon. It is. Yeah, intercept ship foes, uh, fast foes with performance class ship. That's a performance class. So this one is performance class, which is also the, um, the R wing is also performance class. And this one is a rocket class ship. So this is the, um, the Nadir, um, is that what? No, yeah, yeah. Nadir. Um, that's a performance class, and so yeah, there's there's different classes. They they all have their own benefits and and stuff like that as well. But but yeah, there's several in the performance class. There's several in the the rocket class and so forth. So you don't have just one per class. Yeah. But have yeah. you have you played around much with the different types of ships? I've honestly only played the R wing so far. I've made the R-Wing, um, naturally, but I have messed around with the other ones. Uh, and some of them take more damage, or, you know, take damage faster, some don't. But they, you know, some of them are heavier, so they don't reach the same top speeds, but they, you know, they take more damage, or they, they, take, they can absorb more damage. Um, the nice thing is having multiple ships is if you die, you don't have to restart. You can just switch to another ship. So they're kind of like lives. Um, and I don't know what difficulty you're playing on. I'm playing on the easiest difficulty yep. simply because I just wanted to explore and have it peaceful. And especially like with my dad playing, he's not into the combat. He just wants to explore. And I just wanted to make it easier for him. Yep. Um, Alex also asked in the chat about the weapons, if they're affected by the ship. No, the weapons are the weapons. So a flamethrower is a flamethrower regardless of what, what ship you're using it on. But you can put the sh the weapons on backwards if you wanted. Like if someone's on your tail, you can switch it around. You can flip the ship the the wings upside down and have the weapons underneath. In fact, one of the ships by default has the the weapons underneath. Um, but you you can flip it around however you want. Yeah. You can even fly with one wing. I tested that out. It actually will allow you to fly with one wing. What if you take both wings off? That I didn't test. I should have, but I didn't. Yeah, he also asked about uh, if you can play um, like the game is Fox, but with a different ship. Um, you can, and uh, I, I mean, I didn't really notice any difference in that. I haven't tried it yet, but I've seen some other videos of people doing that, and it seems like I mean, it's still Fox. He just has the ability to fly a different ship. Well, see, the difference is the pilots have their own stats as well, and uh, they all have their own special moves, uh, like. Uh, the other one that comes in the starter pack does like an orbital strike and will call down an orbital strike on an enemy uh, from space, which is cool. Fox will call on uh, some of his teammates mm -hmm. to come in and Corneria music plays, which is awesome. It is pretty cool. Um, but then the more you use a character, the more you use a weapon and the more you use a ship, each individually will gain experience points and they all have their own trees. So like if you go and say, I'm going to buy this ship from the package and it's brand new, um, it's less of a ship 
than if you played with it for a while and you've leveled it up and you've used modifications. There's tons of mods you can mod your ship out. So it's not like I have this toy and it's that's it. That's the toy. There's yeah. so much to it to add to it and to make it your own. Uh, so if you really want to max everything, there's a lot to do. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine how m many hours you'd have to put in to get every ship, every weapon, every pilot maxed out. And then they're probably going to introduce even more, you know, they can introduce more over time and then there's even more you know like there's that other character that's only european exclusive right now tail. yeah and so like you know eventually that's going to come out and then you gotta put many hours in to get that person maxed out <laughs> so it's the only thing i'm worried about i can i definitely see them doing a second wave but none of the dlc characters um or none of the, none of the extra characters they're not like superfluous they're all in the story they're all there, regardless of if you buy them or not. They're all actual characters that take place. It's not just like, oh, randomly this character is now in the background because I had him, but he wouldn't be there otherwise. They're all there, with the exception of Fox in the other versions. So if they added... Startail is the exception. Startail is not there. Mm -hmm. um, I, but there, she is there if you look like certain, certain characters you need to be able to buy certain perks, and she's there as one of them as well. Mm -hmm. But can't see them adding too many more characters. I can see them adding three more ships. Startail uh, getting a ship. And then the only two characters that you buy right now, uh, the plant guy and uh, the dinosaur uh, scientist guy. I forget their names. So forgive me. But uh, they don't have ships yet. So I can see them actually adding ships for them, which will kind of suck because you will have to get the ship with them and you have to buy them again. Uh, and I really don't want to do that, but it will have no you know, no choice. Kind of like the Cerberus and the, oh, I can't remember the Target exclusive's name. Those characters are sold separately, um, but they have their own ships from those two. And if you get it digitally, like even if you go and buy the full set digitally, I think it's $100, those two ships actually do not count. They do not come. Uh, and they are only inserted into the game if you get the physical. Because even like, if you look at the ship menu, there's three on each side. And Steve, when you go to your ships, you probably have three on each side. Um, but there is the fourth on each side, which actually, like, the UI isn't even meant for it. Like, the fourth one kind of goes below. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. But, and they, once you put them on once, they are permanently there. You can choose them. Um, but they are not there by default without. I guess maybe that's part of the exclusivity thing that they said, no, no, you, you have to have the physical toy to unlock these. Um, but yeah, yeah. So th those two, you have, absolutely have to have the toy. Yeah. Um, Alex is also asking if we think there's a possibility of story DLC. Um, I, there's there's always a possibility. I don't know though. I mean, there's there's a lot there already. Um, I I I don't necessarily. I'm not wanting anymore on top of that. I think if it happens, it happens, but I'd almost, uh, like you said, very like, I'd want them to almost to kind of keep that for a Starlink too. Um, you know, Battle for Atlas 2 or Battle for whatever they ended up being or, or whatever. Um, I think I think that would be better for them to, to hold back that storyline for, for a second um, game instead. Absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, like, if you look at like Skylanders, they had like mission packs that you could buy and add on. They're not doing that with this. It's everything that's in the game, all the, the stuff you could purchase, all fit within the game's universe. And I, I think they would be kind of foolish to be like, oh, here's a planet you could put on now, and now you get a new planet. Um, 
it just doesn't seem like it. Like, even though this is toys to life, I think Ubisoft has learned from what Activision did with Skylanders and Disney did with Infinity and uh, Lego did with Dimensions. And they don't want to do that. They want a complete game with the added toys. Like, like the whole toys to life thing was more uh, yeah, superficial. They were just, here's cool little figures. They can level up. I'm going to put them in the game and they sit on a little pedestal and that's all they do. Ubisoft was like, Hey, let's take this idea and interchangeable. Like we were kids playing around because that's what we did with our toys. We always mixed and match weapons. We mixed and match, you know, parts. People like to do that. People do that with real life cars. Let's mix and match cars. And you know, you, you get a racing game. They do that. So this just feels like a really complete package. And it, it feels like a complete package, even if you just have the starter kit. You don't need everything else. Um, yeah. it, it just helps you. Um, also, the Switch version, because it comes with the R-Wing, comes with the other ship digitally that you would normally get um, physically in the other sets, which kind of annoys me. It's, it's nice that it comes digitally, but I kind of want that other ship. Yeah. So uh, I, uh, do I get it again just for a ship? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's up to you. You're the you're the one the collector, so I'm just happy with the R wing, honestly. Like I, I yeah, I I've said on a previous podcast, I was even if I didn't like the game, I was going to be excited just to have an R wing myself and be able to uh, to play around with that. Um, even if the game ended up being horrible, I would be happy just. <laughs> so, Greg, I think what you're yeah. hearing from us is you need to get Starlink Battle for Alice. Yeah. I was about to say, I was on Nintendo's site just looking at to see what the digital version and how much it costs and everything. And then there's a huge section for DLC. There's a Crusher weapon pack, an Alley Arborwood pilot weapon pack, Hailstorm weapon pack. Yeah, those are all the physical toys. But there is there is a pack, I think it's like $100, and it comes with everything minus the two exclusive ships. That's what I got. Yep. Yeah, there's a deluxe edition that says it's $79.99. Whatever, that one. Yeah. Yeah, and that one, uh, thanks to, um, you know, the Ubisoft, I was able to uh, get that. So, um, but yeah, I, I I recommend it. I think you're hearing Barry recommend it as well. Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a game that, that we should be, uh, they should be getting, uh, if, even if you're not a fan of Star Fox, I mean, because this really isn't a Star Fox kind of game. Um, if you've been put off by like the on the rail sort of thing, this is not it. Um, but it, it does have a, a cool storyline in there to incorporate Star Fox and everything. Um, but it's, it is different than a, than a Star Fox game as well. Um, maybe what Star Fox should be nowadays. Um, but, uh, that's, that's up to, uh, interpretation and, and your own opinion. But, um, I think it's a great game and, and I highly recommend it. So I just, I just want to see where they go from here. I mean, if you think about it, Star Fox Adventures was made by Rare, and and they invented Crystal. I mean, Crystal was originally a Dinosaur Planet character, and now Crystal is a Star Fox character. So what's going to happen with these? Like, if Ubisoft says we're done with Atlas, you know, Star, Starlink, we're not doing another one, uh, that was, this was a one-and-done thing, will Nintendo say, could we use those characters and have them guest star? Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I'm just doing it for Fox. I don't care about the other characters. But the other characters actually have really good personalities. They're really well-voiced uh, and I was surprised. I was like, I'm going to go into this. I'm not even going to care about them. And like, as I've started playing around with the story, I started caring about them. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are really cool people too. And they actually work really well to contrast Fox. Like they, they see a walking, talking Fox and a bird <laughs> and a frog and a, and a rabbit, and they don't even blink an eye. They're like, all right, yeah. whatever. 
you know, like that's nothing. And it was, it was, I forget the name of the planet and I'm, a, I, I feel ashamed of it, but there was one part of dialogue where they were taught like, Oh, you're from earth. Cause earth exists. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're from earth. Oh, well, I'm from this planet and Fox. Cause I was playing Fox chimes in. I'm from whatever planet he's from. And I forget the name Cornaria. and what? No, it's not Corneria. It's not Corneria. He's not from Corneria. Oh, he's yeah. from another he's planet. Around. And it's like a deep dive. It's one of those things where like, you have to be like a super fan to know they haven't mentioned it in a while. And I was very surprised to see that. I'm like, oh my God, like someone did their research. Yeah. Corneria is just a planet that right. they came to defend. Right. And General Pepper called them there because Andros was attacking. That's going to, that's going to drive me crazy. I'm going <laughs> to, don't be cool. surprised if I disappear a second ago, or a second while you guys are talking, I'm going to look that up because it's going to drive me nuts. I know the answer. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is that they, they actually, you know, called it and he was just like, Oh yeah, I'm from this planet. And I was like, that's awesome. Like they took the care. They didn't just say, we got Star Fox. We're going to throw them on here and boom. Like they really care about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool. Yeah. I know you guys were saying earlier that like, it's no surprise. Oh, I guess it's no surprise that the switch version is best, but I did look up a quick uh, graphic and like even soul caliber two had done best on GameCube. It had beat the PlayStation two and the Xbox at the time. And that was probably because of link. So yep. it's no surprise that a Nintendo character can help like shift the audience right over to the Nintendo switch version as opposed to the other. Yeah. Console. If you look at that as an example, soul caliber three was a PlayStation two exclusive and four five and six have not appeared on a Nintendo platform. All we got was legends on, on the Wii. So even as good as that did and as close of a relationship Nintendo and Bandai Namco have and Soul Calibur 6 literally just came out uh, this past week. It's still nothing for the Switch. Yeah. Some people just don't pay attention to that stuff, which is unfortunate. But yeah, I think what you're what you're saying, Greg, is like that that exclusivity of, of Nintendo characters can clearly sell a game like that. And and it'd be I'm I'm actually shocked at why companies, you know, game companies don't take more advantage of that and why we haven't seen more of, uh, you know, Soul Calibur and, and other games like that that have at one point had some exclusive stuff and then we don't see it for a long time. Well, remember when EA used to do that? Yeah. When EA, you know, NBA Street Volume 3, SSX on tour, they all had Nintendo characters and exclusive stuff. But where's EA? Yeah, I mean, I remember, I think it was at least, what, like three or four years ago where might even been like the Wado was saying, like how they want to like make these kind of games with third parties. So I, maybe it depends on if the third parties are really like taking their care of like Fox and stuff like Ubisoft had to do. So they could just not be meeting the requirements and having to keep going back to the drawing board, I guess, for a number of times. So, well, yeah. Nintendo's very protective with their IP. Yeah, so. that's what I was saying. So you can't just pitch Nintendo an idea, oh, I want to use Link in this game, and they'll be like, oh, sure, it's not that easy. It's like, you really need to like make sure Link fits and not just thrown in. As a well, they were very happy with how he was portrayed in, in Soul Calibur 2, and I don't know if you played it, but... I did they, play it. I love that game. There was a lot of, lot of Zelda lore, like in the weapons, the bug-catching net and the great fairy yep. sword, and I was like, wow, really? they really did the research. Yep, they even named it the magical sword from the original Zelda yep. game as opposed to the Master Sword, so... Yeah, I did look into it. I had that game. That was a lot of Love fun. That game. Oh, so much fun. 
yeah, I was I was disappointed when I didn't see more of that because I, I was a big Street Fighter fan, but man, like but having Link and Soul Calibur totally brought me into that world, and I was like, wow, I want to keep playing this, and then that that was it, that, that just that one time. Oh well, well, talking about uh, trademarks and how we can get uh, Nintendo characters and other things, uh, let's move on to some news discussion. And uh, according to JapaneseNintendo.com, there were reports that Nintendo has applied for new trademarks in Japan for both Super Mario and Super Mario Brothers, uh, with the former covering jewelry, stationery, luggage, clothing, and food and drink related items, and the latter, which is Super Mario Brothers, uh, covering um, video game program, including smartphone programs, uh, controllers, game cases, game cards, toys, and providing entertainment. Um, so it seems like Nintendo is continuing to push their, their brands into other things. I, I remember Awada had said that before uh, he passed and everything. They're trying to get uh, Mario and, and their, their characters into more things like this. Uh, but jewelry, stationery, um, luggage, um, that some, some of those things kind of seem a little interesting. Um, Barry, what do, you, what do you think about all these, uh, these trademarks? Is this... Uh, you know, are you excited about seeing Mario on your, on your luggage? You're going to be buy, buying some uh, some roller bags with uh, Mario Brothers on it? I might. Um, yeah, honestly, this is something they should have been doing for a long time. Back, you know, as an 80s kid, we grew up with Nintendo everywhere. There was Mario everywhere. There was, you know, Zelda everywhere. Besides just the cereal, there was toys. There was, there was figures. There was coloring books. There was TV shows. I mean, it was just your traditional, very popular IP. And I think all those things helped bring Mario into the spotlight and drove his personality. As great as Mario 1, 2, and 3 were, and as great as Mario World was, and all the spinoffs, Dr. Mario and Yoshi and all the other ones, as great as those were, what really pulled him in to the spotlight were all the, was all the exposure. Just like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 80s. The cartoon was great, and we all love it fondly, even with its faults. But everybody had t turtle shirts and turtles, you know, pies, you know, the little hostess pies when the movie came out with the green stuff inside. Like, it was all over the place. It was marketing 101. It was exposure. And mm. suddenly in the 90s, Nintendo just stopped. Just put a, put a, you know, I don't know if it was because of the Mario movie or what, but stopped. And <laughs> for the longest time, it's been like that. And mm -hmm. now it's getting to where it should be again. I mean, I still have, as a kid, uh, there was uh, sh shampoo and, and like bubble bath that were Mario and Luigi, you know, plastic, you know, statues of them. You unscrewed the head and, and you poured it out. And I had it as a kid. I used it as a kid. I was young. And now I still, I still have the plastic containers. They're, they're <laughs> treasured. They're personal to me. And just yesterday we went to Walgreens and there's a new Super Mario <laughs> shampoo, like body wash pack with Yoshi this time as well. <laughs> so I had to get it to put the new and the old, you know, next to each other. But that's something I wouldn't have seen in the 90s or even the 2000s. So yeah. luggage, sure, why not? It's exposure. If someone's in the airport with with a luggage and they're traveling and it says Super Mario, you're now a walking billboard. Why not? T-shirts. Why not? The Jack Specific, they've been doing the world of Nintendo toys. Those are great toys. Get them out there. Get that exposure to the IP. They're doing the Mario movie now. That's why they're doing it. They need to be smart. They, I know they're protective. They don't want their IP ruined. 
they have to pick and choose who they work with. But it seems they've lessened their their stigma, their lessen their uh, you know stinginess and their uh, standards maybe just a little bit, uh, and it's paying off I think. And especially with the yeah. Switch this hot, so it doesn't surprise me. Super Mario Brothers, oh a new game that that, that wouldn't surprise me. A new mobile game after Mario Run, why not? Mario Run was successful, but Mario Run is done. It's a one and done deal. They they're not adding any new content. They're just keep bringing back the same events over and over and again. So get a new one out there. Like I can see that it's just smart business. In fact, I would be more surprised if they didn't do it at this point after the two decades they decided not to. Yeah, yeah. I actually had the uh, the turtles um, shampoo and yeah. and, and body air and uh, bubble bath myself. So, um, Greg, clearly you are about uh, sporting the uh, the Mario stuff there. So, uh, <laughs> what what would you get excited about seeing Mario or Mario Brothers on nowadays? Let's see. Um, <laughs> the first uh, major uh, thing that collaboration I'd love to see is something with Mickey Mouse, but I don't. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Mm -hmm. but wait, wait. Why won't that ever happen? He's already sided with the dark side with Universal. So <laughs> you do realize that a lot of Nintendo's older products, especially in the '50s, the '60s, and the '70s, were board games and trading cards featuring uh, Disney characters. Uh, like Lady and the Tramp, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, you know, all the characters from that time period. So they have a long standing relationship. Why wouldn't it happen still? Yeah. Well, I mean, on to other things. I don't know when this was filed because um, when I went to Target to get this awesome headset that I'm using tonight, I actually saw a Mario suitcase. I don't know if it was the genuine Nintendo one or if it was just something that was already there but definitely saw like mario like punching into like a question mark block on like a kid style suitcase it definitely looked like it was more intended for children to use when they travel um it was a pretty decent sized bag it wasn't like a super large bag or a very small bag by any means but i was very shocked to see it and had i known that it was I don't know how long ago this was filed. I might have snapped a picture of it that we could show on screen right now. But yeah, yeah, this is actually um, specific to Japan. Um, oh, so okay. we may already they may already have these trademarks in America, or maybe it's like a renewing. Maybe they're doing something new and fresh with it. But it's specifically for Japan. This these ones are. Um, but I've actually seen more and more, um, even the plush uh, Nintendo characters and stuff like that, and and Target as well. Um, as I was walking around. And so I, we are seeing a whole lot more of that stuff. And so maybe this is just like the next um, level or the next um, wave uh, of, of stuff that they're putting out. I will yeah. say this. I wouldn't put any stock into copyright until we get Eternal Darkness 2 because they keep renewing that copyright and it keeps breaking my heart every time. Yeah. Let's not talk about that anymore. So. <laughs> I, did, I did pick up this from Michael's this weekend. So, Oh, nice. Um, Pez dispenser. Nice. Nice. So they're definitely out there. I wouldn't have expected to see it there of all places because I don't think I've really seen it at other places that sell those things. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, Michael's of all places. Well, let's let's move on to the next story. Uh quickly just uh, announced that Dynasty Warriors 8, um, Extreme Legends Definitive Edition is officially coming to Switch on December 27th. And uh here's the news, Barry. I know I know you're excited about this. Digital only. 
for Dynasty Warriors 8. Um, so it's coming to the Switch. But yeah, digital only and um, follows this, this story. Uh, it provides all the, the tactical action, um, beloved characters, um, all the DLC re uh, released to date, um, including the costumes, the side story scenarios, and popular warriors. In addition, gamers will receive uh, save data, um, bonus costumes if they owned uh, warriors. Uh, Orochi, Orochi, am I pronouncing that correctly? Orochi. I, I call it Orochi. Orochi Four. Um, so this came from the press release that uh, that, that Tecmo sent us. Um, We'll, we'll hold off on on Barry's uh, disappointment that it's digital only. Uh, Greg, are you a fan of Dynasty Warriors at all? Are you going to be uh, downloading this one? Probably not. I mean, I know Hyrule Warriors was actually a lot of fun, and that's like a Dynasty Warriors like game. But I don't know if it'd be something to pick up something without the the Nintendo brand on it, like the Nintendo characters within the game. So. Mm -hmm. That for me, that game got very repetitive and it's kind of harder to play in longer spurts. And I never really gave the co-op and stuff a try. So, I mean, they are really missing the mark, not having a physical copy of it. I don't know why that would be the case unless they're thinking not a lot of people would buy it or maybe they don't want to put the time in to create something like that. But yeah. I don't know if this is some sort of trial, but even if it is a trial, it would be a very poor trial since... I think they would really hit a lot more people had they put it in the store as opposed to just in the eShop. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, uh, Greg. I, I like the the, the Hyrule Warriors game. Um, it, uh, and they have, you know, the the Fire Emblem one as well. Um, I think those with the with the Nintendo characters drew me in. I, I enjoyed that game. I had it on the original, and now I have the... The uh, the Switch version as well, and I enjoy playing it mostly because it's it's Nintendo theme, it's it's Zelda themed. Um, I really enjoy it a lot more. I, those characters are okay and they're great and everything, but the the original, like the Dynasty Warriors um, series and everything, has never drawn me in or anything. Um, I'm I was more a fan of the Hyrule Warriors, um, but uh, all right, Barry, here you go, here's your chance. <laughs> go on another Take rant that. about digital physical. Uh, here we go. Why would they do this such a thing? Exactly. Take him down to Pegberry. All all I have to say is, like you guys, you know, Hyrule Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors draws me in. Uh, I did play some Dynasty Warriors uh, in bits and pieces. Uh, it is a subset I do collect for just because I think it's neat. Um, I have most every release that they put out, uh, including Warriors Arachi 4, which just came out on the Switch physically. Uh, and see, that's the thing that bothers me. Like, you put that out physically, and then this not. Like, you just put out a game. You're capable of doing it. You're fully capable of doing it, and you're just not doing it. And that's the thing that's so annoying is because you are capable. And it's Bandai Namco. Like, Nintendo should be like, no, put that damn thing out in the store. You want to make Smash Brothers with us? Fine. Get that out in the store. Because we're sure as hell not doing it because we're stingy too. Um, like, we need – like, the, the if you go to a GameStop now – the Switch section has grown so much. It is it has taken over the front of the store, too. Like, before it was just, like, a little rack, and now it's, like, the whole wall in the front areas of my game stops. And it's only growing. That is huge exposure. Come the holiday, you know, little Jimmy's grandma, little Jimmy's parents are not going to go to the eShop and download that. They're going to go into GameStop. They're going to look at that wall. They're going to see what looks good. They're going to ask, you know, an underage 
game advisor who's only played Call of Duty and Fortnite, what game is good, and they're going to tell them the most popular games. But the, just like with a title like this, the fact that it's number eight tells you, hey, this series has been out for a while, and they could get exposure. They could get sales. But they're not going to get those sales if they're only digital. And then they're going to complain, oh, well, it, did, it underperformed on the Switch, so we're not going to give you Dynasty Warriors 9 when it comes out. Just like the GameCube, except there was no digital there. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah, that was my same kind of thing with even the Mass Effect uh, thing on Wii. That was a big miss that they would announce the entire trilogy and only release three on the system. It was like, okay, way to really sell your your, um, series to me, so... Well, that's that's been a history with Nintendo. A lot of a lot of third parties will give terrible ports or or ports that don't make sense, and then say, "Well, this underperformed. You're not getting any more. We're not putting any more games." We, of course, not. You give us shit. Why should we spend our money on shit? Give us something good, and we'll buy it. And Dynasty Warriors Eight is a good game, and that's the thing. I don't think this is going to be a sloppy port. I'm saying for an extra dollar or two, you can slap that ROM onto a card put it in the store and get your, you know, 30 something dollars each for it. You're selling it for 39. So just, just take the extra money and put it out there or put it on your freaking website and say, we're going to sell this. And, and, and they're not strangers of doing this. They sell a $200 Nino Kuni two exclusive edition on their site. They sell a hundred dollar Nino Kuni one wizards edition exclusive to this site, as well as other things, put it on your site. Hey, physical only on our site. You get all the revenue. You get it all. You only have to print whatever the heck you want to print. Oh, look, we've got a thousand pre-orders only. Let's print a thousand. You're making profit on every single one of them. But nope, nope. You just don't want the money. I don't get it. Uh, companies just, don't want money want, now. Uh, they'll just leave it open for a limited run to, to run. Dynasty Even that, I don't think eight. they would because they're too <laughs> no. big. Yeah, I think they are too. But it would be crazy, right? That like uh, that game that big that limited run would have to put out the physical edition um, instead of them themselves. So. Speaking of limited run, I'm not sure how much you guys follow, but they have a Wii U game coming out. They have a Wii U game that they literally are losing money on, but they spend so <laughs> much time getting it that they're going to be releasing it. We don't know what Which it is. Oh, we okay. don't know, but there is a limited run one Wii U game coming out uh, sometime soon. Uh, so that's nice. that's certainly something interesting. <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, Splatfest results are in the worldwide Splatfest, Halloween Splatfest, and Team Treat won. Um, my only question is, did you guys even play in the Splatfest, Greg? I did not know because you only play a single player, right? Um, For the most part, yeah. yeah. And Barry, I did, did you play I did Splatfest? A few Splatfest on the original Splatoon game on Wii U, but not a lot yeah. of them, no. Barry, did you play in the Splatfest? I finally have Splatoon 2 on my dashboard because I got a code for some exclusive costumes. So I redeemed it. So now Splatoon 2 is there. But I haven't even opened my copy yet. I want to play this as a single player. So Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't play it either. I haven't played in a Splatfest probably since the first one. So um so I guess congratulations to, to Team Treat. Um, but yeah, we're impartial because we didn't really care. I get Question before we move on: If you were to play, which one would you play? Trick or treat, Greg? Treat. Play treat. Yeah. Treat. Treat. I would, yeah. I would probably drag them down though, and they probably would have lost one. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> yeah, I would put Chirit as well. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, N64 Mini. We've been talking about this a lot. Rumors going back and forth. If it's real or fake. Lots of different uh, stuff out there. Um, we'll, we'll get into this a little more. Um, if they don't announce it before the next uh, podcast, I think we're going to take a little more time and, and actually really dive into some predictions, maybe games and stuff that we really on there. But at this point, Barry, is this thing real or not? I think it's real. I think all signs point to it being real. I mean, it's Nintendo likes to make money. They often will get an idea for something and fail to capitalize on it. And sometimes, sometimes the stars align and they actually do decide to capitalize on it. And I think the mini the classic mini series is one that they are, oh, we can capitalize on this after after they almost missed the mark with the whole production issues and the lack of, of NES classics. Uh, they said, oh, we, we can make money on this now. Uh, so I think they're going to do it, especially with so many others throwing in their entry. The Commodore 64 mini just came out. The SNK mini just came out. The PlayStation mini is coming out. Um, so it, it makes sense. Um, the problem I see with it is, are they going to include four controllers? Uh, is that going to jack up the cost? And are they going to be able to get Rareware games? Or is it just going to be Nintendo first party and maybe a few third party games? Because unlike all their other systems, the N64, most of all, was starved. I, I, maybe the Wii U. The Wii U actually was starved more. But but outside the Wii U, like all the N64 classics, for the most part, are, are Nintendo or Rare, uh, which at that point were published by Nintendo, so they might as well be Nintendo. Um, and third party offerings were few and far between, um, with some great ones there. So I don't know what they're going to do with it. It's going to be like 10 games for 150 bucks, and it'll be, it'll be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, what do you think? Is it actually I, I think it's real. Um, I definitely don't think it's this year at all. Um, possibly not even next year even, but I definitely do see them going through and making a 64 classic at some point. Hudson's in the chat and he says uh, he's not sure this leak is real, but he if but uh, it eventually has to happen. And I think um, that's kind of where I, I land as well. I'm not sure. I, I actually wonder if they're originally planning on this or not. Um, I kind of, I'm tending to think that they probably really only planned on doing the NES and SNES, but uh, maybe at this point after they've heard so many people talking about it and all these other companies putting out their competition, like you're saying, Barry, they maybe shift. I actually am of the opinion, I think it probably was not originally in their plans. Um, mainly because of some of these deals that like, what are they actually going to put on there? They got to strike up some really other deals, maybe with rare or whatever that looks like. And how many controllers do you put in? The controller is awkward nowadays, like compared to like controllers we have now. So is that weird? Like it's even like, it's probably going to be like bigger than the, the system itself, <laughs> like possibly like what's it look like and all those other things. So I, I think they probably were going to originally um, keep it as just the the, the original NES and SNES, but uh, but since all this other stuff has come out, I think they they probably changed their minds and we'll probably see it in 2019. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm not sure about these these recent leaks if they're actually real or not. Um, I, I think we'll the leaks that I've seen were all proven like fake and stuff. Like even like the ones that were shown, like the 
super close-ups of the council and stuff. I think there's people who's already turned to debunk those. Yeah. 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 It's almost like, yeah, they were saying like this very soon. There's like a, a new, uh, you say the fan of the console wars, almost like a new version of the console wars that kind of revisited again, um, possibly. So mini wars. Yeah. <laughs> Well, why are right. the PlayStation's going in? Let's throw the N64 in. So all we need is Sega to throw in this mini Saturn. There you go. Uh, which will never happen. But that which would will be come great. out of the blue, right? Like they'll launch it like at a, at a wrong time of year. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's move on. Last little bit of, of news, but it's also, uh, again, rumors. Um, we don't really know, but. Nintendo does like to do this. Um, they like to uh, release direct Nintendo directs um, typically like right after we have a podcast. So uh, right now the rumors are that they're going to be two in November. Um, but who knows? We might see one tomorrow um, at, at our, you know, things usually happen like that. Um, they'll pop up one tomorrow after our podcast. But uh, there's possibly two Nintendo directs coming in November, one regular one and one uh, specifically for Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um Greg, are these going to happen? Do you think this is actually these rumors are true? Um, I think the Smash one is pretty much guaranteed to happen at some point. We still need to figure out what the last mode is. They probably have another one or two more or three more characters to announce and anything else that they want to share about the game. Um, I don't really remember them doing a normal direct, like just to say, like, oh, here are the next couple games like coming out because normally they have one in January that they've normally done to say like okay here's what we can expect to see kind of like the first half of this year type of style so um if there is a second one I think it'd be a very like game specific one but again it would be what about like Pokemon uh let's go Eevee and Pikachu so I don't see the generic one where they cover lots of different titles happening even yeah. this year. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it, kind of the Smash one, it's, at this point, it's a, it's a given. Um, but uh, but is this other one going to happen, Barry, you think? it's Are they actually going to have another Nintendo Direct at this point? Um, maybe talk about holiday games or something, or are they going to put that off? Uh, it's tough. Like, like you guys said, the Smash Direct is almost guaranteed. I'd be... I would be very shocked if they didn't have a Smash Direct, especially with the um, not only all the clues pointing to it, but the Smash 50 facts extravaganza that they did before the Wii U, how well that that went off. So I can see them doing something along those along those lines. Um, as for a regular Direct, it's possible. Um, the 3DS, as far as I'm aware, has no new games for the rest of the year. Uh, nothing until January. And... Outside of Pokemon and Smash, at this point, the next big Nintendo title is Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, which is January, uh, and, and it's usually when there's a direct in January following the holidays. So it seems less plausible. It seems like the second direct could instead be a Pokemon direct, uh, and that wouldn't surprise me. They've done Pokemon directs before. But I would have to lean more towards a Pokemon and a Smash Direct. I, I don't think they're going to waste time announcing any more this year. They've already announced the Smash Bundle and the Pokemon Bundle. They've already announced their holiday titles. And the last Direct covered things like Starlink and you know Mega Man and, and Super Mario Party and 
even Pokemon was covered in there. And so was Smash with the Isabel reveal. So I just see it being maybe a Pokemon Direct along with Smash, but definitely Smash. I would be very surprised if, if December 7th comes with no Smash Direct or at least some kind of information about that blurred out area. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I think it's basically guaranteed at this point because he did say he'd save it for a later date. And I thought we've already, he's already said we'll know all the characters before the game releases. So that's why I think any, the remaining characters would be in a final, like, direct kind of style yeah yeah i think i i agree with you guys i think if we see anything else it might be another game maybe pokemon um hustin's mentioning maybe animal crossing um that could be possible as well but uh but yeah in terms of like a general one i, I there's not a whole lot i feel like that they could release or announce that they haven't announced yet unless they have some other things up their sleeves but i, I do don't, don't yeah maybe but I almost feel like, like, I mean, would they do that? I can't remember. Would they, do you think they could possibly have like a, a quick like reminder or like, here's what's coming up real quick and then get into the smash sort of thing. So it's like tagged on to a smash direct. Um, so it's almost kind of like two in one, but the main focus is on smash. Is that, have they done that before? I can't remember if they've done that with smash. I know they have with other games. They kind of did that this last E3, <laughs> if you think about it. Nah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't think that's really had like a lot of like share. I feel like the Smash Brothers for Wii U kind of had its own set of directs in the 3DS version, obviously. Yeah. I don't think it really shared a whole lot of stuff unless it's obviously that character reveal at the end of the direct. Yeah. They don't they don't really say like, oh, here's Smash Brothers, this game and this, this, this. It's Yeah, I guess now, we'll here, see. I mean, here's it's a question not for that you. far away. Let's let's talk about the Smash Direct for a second. Uh, out of curiosity, if you remember the 50 Fact Extravaganza, which was the last Direct before the Wii U version launched, that ended with a 51, which announced Mewtwo being a DLC character, and the internet went crazy. Do you think that they are going to announce any future DLC plans or even the first DLC character? Because the odds are there's going to be DLC to this game. It worked well on the other versions. Do you think they're going to announce that at the end of this Smash Direct in November? Like, here's, you know, one last thing. He's not ready yet. He's going to be ready in, you know, another two months or so. Uh, so please look forward to it. But so-and-so is coming to the game as DLC. If I've learned anything from Nintendo, I'm going to set my expectations really, really low for this one. <laughs> Would I love it? Of course. And they've done it before, clearly. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it happened. Um, but but really, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going to set my, my expectations really low, I think, going into this because, like, we, I, I don't know. I think it's eventually going to happen. If it doesn't happen in this direct, I think we're eventually going to get news about some really big character that they weren't able to put in first and they're going to have it in the first wave of DLC or something like that. Um, but I, I don't know if it's going to happen again. I don't know if history is going to repeat itself this time. Yeah, I'm I'm also pretty unsure. Um, I definitely could see it happening, but even with all the characters we already know so far, I mean, how many other like really huge impact characters, like even like that Mewtwo announcement, can you really have in there? I mean, tons, tons. Are you kidding me? There's there's almost infinite. And what I mean by that is not only is there some still some Nintendo characters that people are 
wanting wanting more representation from. There are some third-party characters that people want, and then they can really throw us for a loop and throw in a Sony or a Microsoft character that would probably literally set the internet on fire. Um, so there, there's definitely things that can happen. It just depends on how much, like how wild you want your imagination to go. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would even be super impressed if they like say, oh, Master Chief's coming. I mean, yeah, the world will go crazy, but I'll be like, what the hell? Why are we getting this guy? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Greg would be more disappointed than anything else. Like, why can't you put someone else in that actually makes sense? Yeah, why can't you give me Elgard from Fire Emblem Three Houses? What's going on here? <laughs> or uh, who's the guy from uh, um, Super Mario RPG that everybody wants? Gino. Gino. Yeah, Gino. So totally. Master Chief over Gino. <laughs> no, uh, Gino. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm saying. They, the, if you look at even the third parties, you know, Capcom has right now two representation. They've got Mega Man, they've got Ryu. Both have very obvious Echo Fighters in X and Ken. Very easy. They could both appear. Uh, Square only has one, Cloud. There's room for, for Gino. Cloud has a very obvious Echo with Zack. Um, and then Z is, they could do Gino having uh, Mallow as, the, uh, as an Echo. That would be awesome. Um, you look at Namco. What does Namco have? Pac-Man? And and that's it. Are they going to get a, a Tekken character? Because there was Tekken costumes in, for the me before. Um, also for Capcom, there's the Monster Hunter uh, assist trophy. Is there a Monster Hunter stage? Is there more Monster Hunter uh, characters? We don't know anything else about that. They just kind of teased, uh, you know. And and then you look at Sega. Sega's got Sonic, and and obviously Shadow is an obvious Echo character. But but who else can Sega pull in? Practically everybody. You could do Vice from from Skies of Arcadia. You could do uh, you know II oh, yeah. from Super Monkey Ball. You can do um, any of the characters from Jet Grind Radio. You could do uh, uh, one of the characters from Panzer Dragoon or a Virtual On character. Like Sega has such a huge library of games. Alex Kidd. You can bring Master System. You know, in, into the rivalry there. Uh, there's, there's, the sky's the limits. So I would be very very shocked. If they didn't have DLC and if they just came out and they're just like, oh yeah, that's it. And, and we know Greg would be excited. Maybe maybe they're gonna bring in uh, Mickey from Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah, they got I'd love that. Yeah, without <laughs> a doubt. I've been waiting. I almost wish they would add Mickey in because I think he would. That'd be really cool to have Mario versus Mickey. Well, I, I who knows? I mean, like this this could be just a couple weeks away if it actually uh, does happen early November. Maybe uh, the next time we have a podcast, we'll be talking about this. Or uh, maybe we'll just have to wait till the, the game comes out. Maybe they don't have one at all. That'd be kind of crazy if they they're like, you know what? We're just gonna leave you in the dark, and we're gonna you're just gonna exp eventually experience the game, and that's it. Ooh, Eternal Darkness character. There you go. <laughs> Stop getting my hopes. Or, or, or the ghost in Geist. I forget the guy's name. Like you can possess other characters. The ghost from Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> We just re recently uh, did see, though, that uh, they, they released that Luigi has a different um, uh, grab this time. He's using Poltergust. So that's a little interesting. So I, I think it's there, there's definitely, you know, uh, clearly more information for them to share. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It, now that I think about it, I, they may just keep popping it out on the website, just like they did the, the Luigi information. And that's that's all we get is just uh, the well, 
Hassan yep, was talking about uh, the Nintendo Live Tournament in Japan in early November, and Sakurai is tweeting to watch it. Um, so maybe there'll be an announcement there. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's to be it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, all right, well, that's that's what the news this time. Um, we do want to remind you that you have uh, an opportunity to send in questions. We love getting listener questions. Um, you can send them into podcast and nintendofuse.com. And uh, that's one way to send in questions. You can also contact us on social media. Just uh, look for at Nintendo Fuse on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. We also have a Facebook group that you can uh, interact with us there and all other, other uh, Nintendo Fuse community there on Facebook. Um, so make sure you look us up and join in. Um, before we wrap up today, though, uh, what are some games that you guys are looking forward to over the next couple weeks? And you guys can toss it in the chat, though, uh, there as well. If you're uh, if you're watching along live, throw us uh, some information about the games you're looking forward to. But uh, Greg, what are you what are you hoping to to play over the next couple weeks? I was just kind of jumping through the releases right here. Um, I did see that that um, pre-mentioned Paw Patrol game comes out tomorrow. So. <laughs> You got it pre-ordered. Oh, now I gotta go look at it quickly. See what you're doing to me. <laughs> yeah, but I've just been kind of uh, scrolling through. I didn't really see too much that. Oh, um, quite possibly uh, Diablo three. That I mentioned that. I think. I think we mean Barry were talking about that um, when you were out the two times ago. That one did sound pretty interesting. Um, oh, and Moonlighter is also right around that same time frame that both those games sounded seems very interesting cool cool barry uh anything that you're you're hoping for or uh, excited about the next i mean you can pretty much get every game but uh <laughs> you get all of them but uh anything you're really excited about playing in the next couple weeks uh paw patrol i can't find it <laughs> for paw patrol i do not see it on best buy or amazon <laughs> i see is... paw patrol on a roll which comes out tomorrow it's on xbox one and ps4 physically at best buy but i do not see Paw Patrol on a roll for Switch physically. Oh, so I think so I'm safe. I think for Switch, it's going to be digital only. Uh, oh. I think I'm saved on that one. Oh, man. <sighs> I think I just dodged the bullet. <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, Moonlighter and Diablo 3 are definitely uh, are definitely ones I am interested in. Uh, I've even played Diablo 3 a lot. Uh, I intend to try and finish it, but it all depends on everything else and, and pokemon is of course coming out soon and i intend to fully go in on that i even got they have these little um little charging cables from hori that it's like the pokemon center and you put the pokeball controller in to charge the battery uh and uh, we got two of those so that this way you can carry around the pokemon and then pop it in there and to charge the battery afterwards so i'm going all in on this uh, my wife is so excited about it so i'm feeding off of her excitement uh so that's why i'm gonna play it with her and uh and yeah see how it is uh i'm so so that's that's gonna be my biggest biggest draw uh, provided i can finish starlink uh <laughs> and then go back to world ends with you uh yeah so and then you know if, if i don't have friends over to play super mario party and, and other games mario tennis uh still still trying to do mario tennis uh, to keep unlocking the characters, so oh my god, it's uh, there's so much. <laughs> and then of course, Smash. Of course, yes. The good thing is, well, the good thing, but the bad thing is, we have to wait a few, uh, you know, a few more weeks for Smash. But um, I, funny enough, we we get into the podcast last last time a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden, I I, I turned to you guys and I was like, 
Oh my gosh, I forgot to talk about Smash. So yeah, I played Smash um, a, a few weeks ago uh, at Best Buy. Um, so I played the demo um, and I have a quick, uh, you know, like first impression sort of video up on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out for all my like, like quick, quick thoughts about uh, about Smash. But um, the game I'm most looking forward to actually comes out on November 13th and it's, uh, it's called My Riding Stables, Life with Horses. I have um, that pre-ordered. Yeah, I figured you probably did. Yes, I, I knew that was like the first game you you probably pre-ordered, um, and that and that trip we to purchased uh, on the eShop yeah. too. <laughs> oh no, no digital, bad, bad digital. But, it, but this is an exception. Like oh. this is know, like man. this That's is like Hudson's favorite games of the pets, and uh, and all those other games. So no, Hudson's um, favorite game is the Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. No, um, he likes Amiibo Party. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, the other thing that, that really grabs my attention actually is Grip. Um, I'm a big uh, racing uh, game fan, and so um, I, I need to look more into that and see uh, what it's going to be look like, looking like on on Switch. And I might um, I might be getting that. Um, but what about that's, Gear Club Unlimited Two is coming out too? Gear Club Unlimited Two is I it's not uh, in the next couple weeks, is it? Uh, I it was so ATV is also away. coming out too in November. There's an ATV game, Drifts and Tricks. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't gotten into the ATV games. I, I played a little bit. I think on, uh, I forget which one it was on PS2, um, and I think the original Xbox. Um, but I haven't really gotten into the ATV games that much. But I am, I'm excited about um, the other one. But, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's a little bit further away. But yes, I, I'll be probably getting that one as well. I enjoyed the last one. I, I'm hoping they. They do um, like get some advancements in Gear Club Two because I think it'd be there was there was definitely some room for improvement on the last one. Um, it, it was good, but it could have been a lot better. So um, still holding out on on Pokemon. Let's go. I'll uh, I'll see what you guys think about it and everything, and then I'll kind of I may eventually get it. We'll see. Um, but uh, I'm I'm more excited about the next like big installment that's going to come out for Switch. So. I'm not going to tell you anything about it until you finish Torna, or at least get to Gormont and explore around. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm probably going to put that off until after I do a lot more in Starlink, but... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just so much more fun. I don't know. It's just, it's my thing. But Zen Torna's good. Torna's good. But, but yeah, I don't know. Starlink's more my thing for sure. So, so this is going to be an interesting game of the year. It, it like is. Last, last it year really it was is. very, very almost unanimous. Yeah. Even though I disagree with my own pick uh, after having more time. Um, this year, though, it's it's going to be an interesting show when we get to it because I think all three of us yeah. are going to have different picks. I, even though Smash is going to be there and Smash may take number one, I think two and three are going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. Um, if tuning in live here on on uh, YouTube, if you're uh, listening later, watching later, thanks for for watching after the fact as well. And make sure you join in live. Um, we do this podcast every other week, so pretty much every other Monday at seven thirty um, Mountain Time where I am, but uh, nine thirty Eastern Time and uh, eight thirty Central Time where where Greg is. Um, and so uh, make sure you tune in live, and you can join in the chat and all that that fun stuff. Uh, if you have haven't subscribed to Nintendo Fuse, make sure you do so. Hit that bell so you can be alerted for all our new videos and when we go live and all that stuff as well. And um, Greg, it's been great to talk with you. Same with you, Barry. And, no problem. Um, Absolutely. Until, until next time, um, happy gaming. <laughs>